Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, our upcoming festivals page, and our 2023 FPIA page is live. Keep up with us on Instagram. We're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click the Submit a Show button from the top of the homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo. Want to support these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on our homepage to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and will almost always take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am talking to an incredibly talented singer who has her own Spotify channel and has performed for Disney Cruise Line, (laughs) Disneyland Paris, and more. Uh, She's a voiceover artist, and she's undergone several, now I'm going to stumble over this, metamorphoses. Oh, I think that's oh. <laughs> bringing out more. the big words, but we really like her incarnation as a comic. She's a two-time semi-finalist in the Cap City Comedy Club FPIA contest. The latest one is hot off the presses uh, this week before we recorded. And by the way, that two-time semi-finalist, that is happening after having only entered twice, so yay her. Uh, She was on the 2023 Moon Tower Just for Laughs Festival. She's one half of the sketch duo with Holly Hart that puts on the sketch show Austin is for Lovers. She recently debuted her first article for Comedy Wham for our Lori Kilmartin interview from Moon Tower. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Mimi Meyer. Wow, I feel cool. (laughs) You are cool. My metamorphoses. (laughs) It sounds like a Hilary Duff album. (laughs) So when I research a comic, I will always go through their, you know, their social media. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, a lot of comics have a very limited social media uh, because they refresh, re-whatever. You have not. So I can go back through your history and I can see your time in Paris. I can see your time. I'm like, should I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is everyone doing this? <laughs> but you're like, in, it may not be appropriate to say, but you're so cute and you're so fashionable <laughs> and you just have this aura about you that it's like, this is such a beautifully curated Instagram account. She should keep it. That is so lovely to hear. <laughs> wow. No, I, I feel like what um, made me feel kind of, like an outsider I'm starting to realize is what makes me unique and um successful in the comedy industry because like I was never the you know the coolest person but I'm definitely not boring and I have a very unique style and um I'm starting to find that people 
like that, you know, starting to find kind of my audience and that kind of thing. So yeah. And I, when I started working for Disney, um, I was 19 Hmm. and you know, it's that time of your life where you're like, who am I? Who do I want to be? And I remember taking my first Disney contract. I was going to work on the cruise ship and I was sitting on the plane and I was like, oh, what are you doing? This is crazy. You just signed away nine months of your life to go on this journey. But it was so good for me because I got to be the version of myself that I wanted to be. And it kind of set me up on this track of like comedy and performing and being unique and being surrounded by performers. So everything that I've gone through, like everything in that early Instagram helped me get to where I am today. Um, So yeah. Oh, that's so nice to hear. (laughs) I have a million questions, but I do have an official icebreaker question that I have to ask you. And that is one word to describe your past. My past. um, Unexpected. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I feel like everything that's kind of happened to me um, and everything I've accomplished, it was... um, I look back and I can't even believe it like Mm. moving to Austin and being in FPIA and making it through and getting on moon tower and you know working for Disney living in Paris I never if you would have talked to me when I was a teenager I would have said you're crazy so I don't know yeah it's it's all been very unexpected and I'm still very appreciative of everything yeah, it's so valuable. And I, if you have never done this before, I would say write, write these things down just on mm-hmm. a piece of paper, just pen and paper, and fold it up, set it aside. And on a day that you're feeling low, pull that piece of paper out and say, holy shit, look at the stuff that I've been able to experience. Yeah, gratitude. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's so important to do because... Yeah. With this industry, there's such highs, and then there's lots of. You do a show where you're like, "Oh, I'm, I freaking suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it." Um, (laughs) I'll pull out my little piece of paper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I should definitely do that because I've had a lot of performing jobs where you leave. Like I used to do children's theater, which will humble you. (laughs) Oh, I bet. When you have a group of children yelling, "You suck." You really need your gratitude. Oh my God. That, that, that's happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh I used gosh. to. So kind of how, how I said that everything kind of has led to the next thing. When I worked for Disney, um, I was kind of shy to um, audition for different singing jobs. And when I was on the ship, I had people kind of push me to try different avenues of performing and singing. Mm-hmm. And so I got into children's theater Um, which it was a regular, like nine to five, like we performed three shows a day, five days a week. And it was so cool that my only income was coming from performing. Um, and some children's theater shows are so cute and fun and the kids are excited and Uh they love it and you're teaching them and you're being so silly. And then there's other shows where they booked the show at a high school and they didn't realize it was a children's show. Oh. And so I'm like marching around the stage like, I don't want to do my homework. And these kids are like, we drank last night. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are still drunk. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh my God. So yeah, I did that. <laughs> but yeah, but now doing stand-up isn't as scary as yeah, the worst right. children's theater. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
you you've said uh, once or twice maybe that you were sh- you were shy or you consider yourself shy when you grew up was it's a two part question was comedy mm-hmm. a part of your life in some way or do you remember c- comedic moments from growing up and how early did you start being a performer um i think well growing up my dad was very very funny Mm. um and what i think is so interesting about my dad being funny english was his second language he was from germany and he was just so funny and everyone just like gravitated towards him and i think i just loved you know, seeing him make people laugh. And then when I started making jokes, I have a very big family, not like my immediate family. Uh I have one sister, but I have 25 first cousins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom is one of nine and my dad uh, was one of 11. Oh my gosh. So so I have a huge family. So like getting attention was like, you better be, you better be like, you got to have something to say or Uh be funny or do something. And Um, so yeah, being funny started in my household and then my sister started getting into theater when she was a lot younger and you know, your big sister's doing something. You're like, well, I have to do it it, too forever, (laughs) but it's funny because she's not into it anymore. And I'm like, no, I still, (laughs) I still do it. But yeah, she started doing like community theater and I kind of followed in her footsteps and I really drank the Kool-Aid. Like I was totally into it. And, um, yeah, I started listening to comedy when I was younger. So comedy was always kind of part of my life and performing started relatively young with theater mainly. Yeah. And did you do the, you know, drama club? Oh yeah, I did. Um, I did the high school musicals Ah, and I'm... Performing and the performing world, it's the only time I've really been competitive. Like, I played sports for, like, two seconds in high school, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is not me. Um, and But with, like, musicals and performing, I was like, I have to be the lead. Mm. I have to be. So I would sing and practice all the time and take voice lessons. And, um, yeah, so I was very active in that in high school. Um yeah, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell, like, even as a comic, I'm still a little theater. And musical. Like, there's something about your voice, too. Like, there's something where, like... <laughs> what do you I mean? Tell you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> you mean I'm the cat's pajamas? <laughs> Uh, I remember the first time I see saw you was last summer. Uh, such a goofy show, but it was not not for your party. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, the Creek in the Cave did this Mother's Day like best of. Oh, so, you know your FBI, mother's favorite yeah. comic or something. Yes, because FPIA <laughs> had just kicked off, and I think Creek wanted to be pseudo competitive mm-hmm. with a contest, and so they they did this series. And, and I saw you and I'm like, who is this mousy girl with this voice and this bright hair <laughs> and cute as a button? Oh, that's Where so did nice. she come from? <laughs> I'm on stage like, what do you mean? <laughs> I've always been here. 
<laughs> Wait, you want to know what's so funny about that night? Yeah. I did that show because the prize, I think, was 100 bucks, uh-huh. And I really needed 100 bucks, <laughs> And I was like, I have to win. And I didn't. But... <laughs> After the show, I was like, let's go play some pool. And I, I who did I play pool with? Ben Basunga. Uh-huh. And we were like playing pool. We were having a good time. And it was late. And I was like, can you walk me to my car? So he walked me to my car. <laughs> my car got towed. Oh my God. And to get it back, it was $400. Oh my gosh. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. It happens. You have to learn. I just thought it was so funny that I did the show to make a hundred bucks and then you I lost four hundred dollars. Oh my god. It's okay. <laughs> uh, you haven't told me where you're from. Where you oh, grew up? I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, I knew this because we had a little text exchange. Okay. Yeah. So you're from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. You could have gone to New York, mm-hmm. but you decided to move to Austin. Yes. And there's a specific reason. Okay. So I, on the cruise ship, um, it's so funny because like, to, you know, like that like cliche, like everything happens for a reason. Like I met my best friend on the cruise ship. Her name is Angela. She's a dancer, performer, and just the most amazing person. She is from Fort Worth. Ah. So um, her and I were both working for Disney when COVID happened, like we were on cruise ships oh. separately, which was like literally the worst place you could yeah. be. And her and I, um, over COVID, we would talk on the phone all the time. And she would talk about um, how she wanted to move to Austin. And then she eventually made the move. And she was talking to me and she was like, well, you should come to Austin. There's so much comedy going on here. I can get you a job. Like she had a job and she's like, I could, I could get you a job here. There's great comedy. Um, and to me, New York is like a big, big commitment, not only comedically, like you want to be really good, but financially. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was kind of just drawn to Austin because my best friend was here. She already had work lined up for me and I don't know. Something huh. just kind of made me want to come here yeah. and she kind of helped help me uh, get set up for success to be here. Yeah. So when I moved here, I showed up with a job and a best friend. So nice. So it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you really, other than through her, didn't know anything about the Austin comedy scene. I had never been here before. I'd never been to Texas. I'd never (laughs) been to Austin. It was, it's, it was a huge, um, which most people would be like, that's crazy. But how many Disney contracts have I taken where I didn't know anybody? Literally I moved to Paris and I didn't know French or any people or what my life would look like. But I don't know. I like, um, being able to adapt and I think the challenge of being, when you show up somewhere and you're the outsider, I love finding out how to, how to make it work and how to kind of get into the scene yeah. and whatever surroundings you're in. So I showed up here not knowing anybody, not knowing what to do. And, you know, you figure it out. Yeah. 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 So you, I saw you 2022. When did, did you show up in 22 or 21? I showed up in 21. Okay. Yeah. So I moved here. My sister and I, we packed up my little Honda Fit. (laughs) We fit everything in it. (laughs) Amazing. Um, 
it's like that car is a toaster like you can put so much in it um and yeah I moved here and um yeah I just started going to every open mic possible I would work during the day and literally have my clothes in my car and then just go out to like three mics a night and I would talk to anybody who would talk to me like, God forbid you sat at my table. I was going to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> be my friend. <laughs> and you you had been a performer for, you know, a long time. Mm-hmm. But had you done comedy so up to that point? in Pittsburgh, I had done... Um, I had done some open mics okay. in Pittsburgh. And I immediately was in like after the first mic I was like oh I guess this is what we're doing forever like I just really was so drawn to it and I did a bunch of mics and then I did um I did a Disney contract and I knew that as soon as I got off the ship I was gonna really hit the ground running with comedy Mm -hmm. and then this thing called COVID happened (laughs) I'm on the ship and literally I'm watching all of this, I had been writing so much material, just so excited to go try oh, it. Oh, yeah. And it just fell apart. And I know there was like Zoom comedy, but being a new comic, I was like, I don't know if I want to learn how to do Zoom comedy because yeah. I'm so new. I don't know. So right. I didn't really do as much. And then, you know, COVID protocols allowed for a few mics here and there, but I already knew I wanted to do it. And I already knew that I needed a change from Pittsburgh. And so I was very, very new into comedy when I moved to Austin, but I dedicated myself to like doing as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And over COVID, I, I listened to a lot of comedy. Like I, I think it's so interesting when comics don't listen to comedy. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't want to be influenced. And I'm like, no, but you should, we should learn. (laughs) So I really tried to study it and you know, getting to Austin, I met a lot of people that were like really, really studying it and writing, like being great writers. So yeah, yeah I was newer in Pittsburgh, but, but yeah. Do you, uh, it, it is interesting to me when somebody says, you know, I, I do listen to a lot of, of mm-hmm. albums and specials and whatever to study. Do you ever, f- and, and especially being a new comic, mm-hmm. I love asking this question of, mm-hmm. Have you gone through your experimental stage where you're trying to be this person's voice or that person's voice because it's like embedded in you and you love it as a mm-hmm. fan, but you're also balancing with that I'm writing my own stuff. And so it kind of, you know, like I said, you go through an experimental stage where you try to be other people's voices until you figure out your voice. I think that because I'm still newer, I'm still kind of trying to find exactly like sometimes I I go on stage and I'm like oh that was me (laughs) and then there's other times where I'm like we're still kind of figuring it out yeah um I will switch it up though because if you listen to the same comic over and over again you kind of start to like think in their rhythm it's not even their words it's their like their cadence um and uh I think there's the there's the bad, but then there's the good with that. Like when you start to write or listen to like a Mark Norman, who's very mathematical about Mm -hmm. the punchline, like you kind of start to like get a really 
you know, clean setup and punchline. And so that's good when you're kind of like writing in that style. But then, you know, if you're listening to Verbiglia, you go a little more storytelling Mm -hmm. and you kind of take little side trips. So I think listening to the same person can be a problem. (laughs) But if you listen to a bunch of people, you realize what you like to do. Like if, do you like to tell more stories? Do you like to be more dry? What's your, what's your vibe? So I do switch it up because if you listen to Anthony Jeselnik, you just write (laughs) jokes about dead babies and then you're like, you should probably switch this up. (laughs) Well, he's, you know, he's, he is, I think impossible to imitate. I mean, he's just, Oh yeah. And he's, he's one of my favorites. He's from Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think like a little outside of Pittsburgh, but I always say he's from Pittsburgh because I'm like, we're from the same place. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to go see him in September? I mean, that's pretty exciting. I would love to. No, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I would love that. I also love, um, I love listening to other comics because I like to see like what their character is and his character is so different. He's He's attractive and he's mean and every, most comics are like, I want you to like me, yeah. like, like me. And he's like, I literally, I don't give a fuck if yeah. you like me. And yeah. I'm just, yeah. and I love that. I love that character. Yeah. It's great. He's now performing at, you know, such high levels when he's coming. I'm pretty sure he's going to be at the Paramount, but mm-hmm. the last time I saw him and the only time, and I, I, I debate whether or not I want to see him in a big theater. Cause when he was at Cap City, this is the old Cap City, mm-hmm. uh, I'd never seen a comic do what he did because you know at a at, at a club mm-hmm. at some point the the staff is going to come through and they they're going to drop off their check. Mm-hmm. He full stop ended his set and said, "I know you guys are going to be distracted while you're paying your bills and whatever, so I'm just going to do a Q&A." And you Whoa. know, he would either answer or say, "I'm not going to answer that." And just used up the time until he could get everybody's attention back and finish out his set. And I'm like, oh, this guy's so smart. That's he's so, so smart. He's so smart. I think, uh, I don't know, I might be saying this wrong, but I think he wanted to be a writer. Hmm. And then he found that he could write, you know, such short, incredible jokes. Yeah. And I think his, like, writing intelligent brain like led him to comedy or I'm making that up but that sounds possible it sounds like it could be true (laughs) yeah that's so see like that like if you didn't listen to other comics or go see other comedy shows you wouldn't know what's possible yeah um that's very cool yeah because I've I mean I've seen so many comedy shows at a club never seen anybody be that ballsy to say I know you're not gonna pay attention to me but that's the that's the character. Yeah, he's like, I know. That's the character. He's like, I'm smarter than you. He's like, <laughs> exactly. You can ask me a question. And he's yeah. not like, well, where are you from? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not like yeah. doing crowd work. He's like, you can ask me a question. <laughs> Love that. I think that's so dope. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I I would never even think to ask to interview him because I'm like, no, because it would ruin the persona that you are. I don't and know. Uh, well, I yeah, feel I that everyone on stage is kind of trying to be. Maybe something that they're not. Maybe it, uh, well, he's probably very sweet, and yeah. you know, because a lot of the cleaner comics are like <laughs> off stage. They're kind yeah. of. <laughs> we can name some names, yeah. but <laughs> the guys that are like, oh, "I never swear." I'm like, yeah. "But off stage, you're <laughs> bad, bad man." Because <laughs> it's fun to be what you're not, you yeah, know. Like, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. Stepping on that stage is. Like, yeah. You could be anyone you want. You could be anyone, though. <laughs> 
just put your name in the lights. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you show up with a best friend and a mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. and then you start hitting up the mics. I'm just going to assume you saw the comedy wham events page. and what- <laughs> I did. I did. No, I I'm really did. I just fucking plug the shit out of the show. <laughs> I literally, I used it, I swear to God, because I liked how you could, you could say like, do you want to see sketch improv, how you could kind of tailor it to what you wanted to do. Cause like I showed up and I didn't know anybody. So I literally would Google like open mics Yeah. and then it was very neatly laid out. Thank you. And so, yeah, I really do think that, I really do think that it was super helpful. So I'm not trying to like kiss ass, but like when it works, it works. (laughs) <laughs> and you were coming in at a time when everybody was coming into Austin. So mm-hmm. you, I mean, a lot of people that you were meeting were also new mm-hmm. to Austin. So uh, what was that like? It was like, um, it was kind of like when everybody shows up to college and we were like, <laughs> like we were like, I think we raged for like a year. Yeah. And yeah, like I we, watched you all. Oh, yeah. We were just, like, crazy. Like, after Mike's, we would go out and we would party till, like, four. And it was it was so fun. And now I am very boring. <laughs> because I was, like, absolutely crazy having the best time. Also, we had just gotten out of lockdown. Yeah. So not only was comedy back, like, people the world. were back. The yeah. world was back. And so... Oh, we went so hard. And now cut to me. I'm a year and a half. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> I really got it all out of my system. Um, but yeah, it was definitely tricky showing up in the very, very beginning because, um, you know, as a as a, a woman in the comedy scene, it's you're never really one of the guys. And, you yeah. know, it's a lot of, like, newer guys hanging out. And so I felt that in the beginning... I didn't have a lot of people like chatting with me just because I don't know. It seems romantic. Like every time I'd be talking to a guy, someone would come up and be like, Oh, are you, are you guys together? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to make friends. And the one person who, um, never treated me any differently was Ray Shenevy. He was like Uh my first friend in comedy and he's the sweetest person. And I kind of found like my friend group with him and I found a great group of friends, but in the very beginning, it was a little tricky, but you know, for me, it's you gotta keep, you gotta keep being there, and yeah. sometimes it's hard to find your way into any situation, any performing contract, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but if you stick with it, yeah. it'll eventually. They're like, all right, well, Mimi's just around. I guess she's in. You know, <laughs> she's here all the time. Yeah. She doesn't shut up. We should, I guess I could talk to her. You know. And and the miles that you put on your car, you know, going from Cap City, and although I guess you could park your car and not get a towed, hopefully, <laughs> uh, to do Creek Vulcan. Well, now you know it's even more with Mothership and and uh, Sunset Strip, Roscoe's, mm-hmm. East Austin, South Austin comedy clubs I mean it's so much do you, uh I wonder with so many new clubs like do you end up settling into I think this is my home club or do you say no nah, I gotta I gotta sow my oats if you will and I, make sure I'm good with multiple I think that um in the beginning stages, I'm such a yes man, like to any show, yeah. like in any experience. But I will say there's certain 
rooms that you start to do a lot and you start to get comfortable and also running the open mic at Buzzmill every Tuesday, Mm -hmm. I feel like I could go up and I could really try anything. Um, And so I'm very comfortable there. And yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I have kind of a rhythm going on and like I've been kind of doing the same rooms repeatedly. So I'm starting to get like a vibe of what's going to happen there. But I'm very interested to go to other cities and kind of get out of my comfort zone. I did a show in Seattle um, in October and it was so cool to like see what that audience was like and see Mm -hmm. what the crowd was going to be like. So I think the minute you start to feel comfortable, something happens and then you have to start over. Yeah. But it's great. You do a lot of starting over though with... You know, doing the Disney cruise, coming back. Oh, there's nothing to do anymore. The world's shut down. I'll move to another city. Yeah, I'm. I have this this um this very. It, it's something that I've been trying to work on. It's like a very get up and go. Like every time I'm like, I feel like something has like reached, you know, its ending point. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, we gotta go. We gotta get on a boat. We gotta move to Paris. <laughs> gotta move to Texas. I gotta move apartments. I gotta do this. But yeah. now Austin is the first place where no one contracted me to live here. Mm. It was the first place that I chose that I wanted to come here. Yeah. And I picked out where I lived. I picked out what I was doing. Um, so yeah, being here for two-ish years, I'm. it's like new territory that huh. I, I don't feel like I'm looking at the clock, like, oh, it's yeah. time to go. I do have dreams of like maybe going to another city one day, but I'm not like... I'm not jumping. I'm not like packing my suitcase to, yeah. to head out anytime soon, yeah. which is new. So, cause I've, I've made such incredible connections here and I would, I would be leaving something so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's still a lot to learn here. And you know, I've been yeah. working with Holly Hart and working on the sketch show and doing stand up. So I think I'm still in my education intake phase in Austin. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're at the two-ish year mark and... Oh, yeah. There's a lot yeah. that's going to, you know, you can listen to your first open mic, the recording, and then you listen to it now and you're like, oh, Jesus. So <laughs> cut to me in 10 years. We'll see what that looks yeah. like. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in 10 years, you're going to... Because one of the things, you you approached me about writing. I mean, Gab- mm-hmm. Gabby was our great connector, so that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you approached me wanting to, uh, you know, improve your, your writing skills or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're obviously writing for your comedy, but a but different yeah, kind different. of yeah. writing. And so you do and have always in our short friendship here, uh, st- strike me as somebody who's always looking to learn. That is, that is very, very true. And like how I said, how my past is unexpected. I think a lot of us don't realize that we have such potential to do so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I never thought, Holly approached me about writing the sketch show and I never thought that I'd be able to write a live stage production. Not just the writing the sketches, but writing, you know, you got to write the text. You have to learn how to write a text script and you got to do props and you got to get, you have to direct a group of people on how to perform a show. And I had, I didn't think that I could do any of that. And then after we put ourselves to the challenge, the show went great and it was so fun and we got such great feedback. And I was like, 
we can all do so much more if we put ourselves to a challenge. And with writing, I know right now I'm new, but I just love being versatile. And so feeling uncomfortable is good. And a lot of comics, I I think with, um, you know mainly stand-up comedians I'm like you'd be such a good actor like you're so good and you know you're in an industry where if you can do a lot if you can write and act and do stand-up like you're gonna make more money Mm -hmm. and I think pushing ourselves to try other things is really important there's a little demon that shows up a lot of times for people and especially I think stand-up comics that Mm -hmm. they just think well I don't want to fail therefore I'm not going to try yeah they'll go to so many open mics and bomb and I'm like you (laughs) yeah yeah like this is what you've been doing failing and then then, you know two years later you're packing out rooms it's so true like there's so many like (laughs) comics that I see where I'm like Oh God, I see them on stage and I'm like, you're, you have a great voice. You could be a voice actor. Like you could do so much stuff. And every, every avenue of performing leads, like it can all help. Yeah. Like if people, like if standups are taking an improv class, it's going to help them write better because improv makes you think about so many different avenues. Yeah. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're, um, taking like, I'm trying to think of other classes, like a sketch writing class or like a clowning class or whatever. Like they all like, okay, a clown class, you're, you're making yourself look so silly Uh and that's going to give you bravery on stage to be more in your standup. So just because you're taking a class or you're learning more, it's not taking away from standup. It's going to add to it. But at least that's what I think. I agree. I agree. I'm very encouraging of people taking chances and doing something yeah. Different. To try something because you have no idea what, you know, what you might really enjoy. Yeah. And, and it could true. be added to your act. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So you and Holly started collaborating last year on mm-hmm. this. And then the Austin's for Lovers was kind of like the product. Yeah. So um, her and I, we did... Um, uh, her boyfriend's name is John and he wrote a sketch show with his friend Doug called Into the Metaverse that was um that they did at Fallout and it was so fun to be on stage and acting again and because I hadn't done that in a while it was mainly Mm. just stand-up and Holly and I were having so much fun with it and she approached me she was like we should do we should write a sketch show and we wanted to do a Valentine's Day like in February, yeah. Austin is for lovers, but it kind of, you know, you, there's so much that goes into it yeah. and we, we didn't have enough time. So we're like, let's just make it a sketch about dating and relationships. And her and I, we started writing a sketch here and there. And what I loved working about her, with her, um, what I loved about working with her, she's very organized and driven and we kind of really spread the work out evenly and so you know there's a lot of stand-ups who approach me like we should do a podcast or we should write this show and Uh then it's like but are are you gonna help me market are you gonna make the posters are we gonna do this are we gonna do this and she and I were very on the same wavelength so we um started writing and we pitched the show to fallout we're like I don't know like we didn't really know what we're what we were doing (laughs) (laughs) and we pitched the show and we found a group of um uh, people from her, she was taking an improv class, ah. and we asked them to do the show, and 
I just like can't believe how incredible our cast was. They were so wonderful and it was such a great experience and we all learned so much and yeah, it was kind of, you know, something that her and I threw out as a joke and then it became this whole thing (laughs) and I'm so proud of it. Yeah. And will there be a part two or a different incarnation? I am very excited to keep working. We actually got the show into Sketchfest, which is very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, We've had to cut the show down a little bit. Um, I think we have 22 minutes. So Mm -hmm. we are doing a few of the sketches and we've been doing rehearsals this week, just getting the timing right. So we're focusing on that. That's at the end of June. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of, we want to keep writing more. And after seeing all of the shows at Moon Tower, we were so inspired because we saw, um, what was the group? Uh, Business Casual. Uh And they are very, there's like no props, no costumes. And they were so funny. It's a lot of like audio. And so I was like, we should kind of write like this because... Mm the less you need prop and costume-wise, the more you can focus on acting and physicality. So we kind of want to experiment with some more writing. And, you know, after seeing Stamp Town, like, that was so crazy. And we're like, (laughs) there's so much more out there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to keep working. And, yeah, I'm glad that we did Austin is for Lovers because I'm like, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And San Francisco Sketch Fest should and be on your radar. Yeah. <laughs> we were like we were even surprised that we made it into Austin. We kind of were like, I guess we'll like submit. So but yeah, I'm I think it's there's such a great like attitude that like sketch performers have and yeah. you know, it's acting and it's comedy and it's everything. So yeah, I think we just wanna keep going and mm-hmm. see where it goes. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you know me with my past, I'm like Maybe one day we'd do the Sketch Fest in San Francisco. Yeah. That would be so that would be such an That'd honor. Be really so cool, yeah. And yeah. you you both that have the vision credentials. Board. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean you both have the Moon Tower credential and mm-hmm. have done this the show getting into Sketch Fest. So Yes. Yeah. Get it on there on the vision yeah. board. Yeah. <laughs> I have a big vision board. Make <laughs> like room for San Francisco. Very abstract. <laughs> <laughs> because in the Austin scene has grown so much with stand-up and you know I, I think in, in the before times it was stand-up and improv not not quite equal um, but both close to equal in terms of the people that would mm-hmm. um, that would do the, the two and, and you know the, the people that cross over are great mm-hmm. um, sketch has always been you know, the underrated art form or the uh, unpool of talent version, you know, because... I think it's also like a sketch takes so much. Right. It's hard. It's It's hard. And you need like the perfect cocktail of like dedicated people Mm -hmm. with a comedic background who are also organized enough to like rehearse and write. Yeah. And so I can see why there isn't as much. Yeah. But I'm hoping that as the Austin notoriety grows, that it could be like a New York or L.A. that has a Groundlings or mm-hmm. a UCB that, you know, it is known for sketch. So you might be at the forefront of something, you and Holly. I, uh, that sounds so cool. <laughs> I'm laying on so much pressure. <laughs> no, no, 
I am. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> no, it's it definitely is like um, uh, um, it's something that I'm new to, but I think there is a market for it because I think with um, you know, with comedy, like sometimes things can be so heavy and sketch can be so lighthearted and fun yeah. and it's. I don't know. I just, I think it's so great. And yeah. then um, we saw, who else did we see? We saw Strong Male Leads, which was also very inspiring because uh-huh. um, uh, I think it's Brett and Franny. Franny. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, that's the duo. Yeah. So, so talented and we got super inspired from them. And yeah, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but I know that every a day someone does something weird and I'm like yeah. that's a sketch and I put it in my little notepad <laughs> also like working in the service industry oh, I see weird fucking I people bet. all day I'm like you are a character <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay so you uh also got into Moon Tower yes this year which is awesome which is a byproduct so of getting some nice attention from cap city mm-hmm. uh, and you got you've been performing at cap as host and mm-hmm. uh, so good on you for kind of following that that path yeah. <laughs> yeah and you obviously learned a lot from moon tower since you just you know listed off the shows that you watched and oh yeah <laughs> yeah i it was I honestly, it was life-changing, like being uh-huh. able to go see all these different shows, yeah. see these incredible stand-ups and see sketch and improv and more um, uh, avant-garde comedy, uh-huh. um, seeing like things that I've just never, I, I don't know. It was incredible yeah. and it was such a learning experience and it was so very cool that I was asked to do it. Yeah. Very unexpected. <laughs> But it the appreciation is not lost on me. Like even just going to the after parties, I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> Should I be serving you guys? Is there a tray?" I could. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was really really cool, and um, a couple of my really close pals made it on. So we were all kind of like hand in hand, like yeah. skipping to shows. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it was really really great. Yeah, and you you performed. You didn't just learn, performed. you performed. I performed, <laughs> I learned, um, and performing was, it was, we, the show that I did, I did two shows. One was at the Velveeta Room. So it wasn't too, like, out of sorts, because I've performed there yeah. before, so I wasn't, like, it wasn't too crazy. And then yeah. the other show was Brett's, um, it was, like, kind of an improv dating game show oh. at Cap City. Uh-huh. So that was fun to do. And, yeah, it was it was really cool. Nice. And I loved, I'd never been to a festival before. Ah. And I kind of, I was like, I got to go to more. Because it's just a group of people who all love the same thing. Yeah. So, like, everybody yeah. you talk to, you're like, oh, we're friends. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Moon Tower is kind of top tier as far as making sure the performers have a great time. So, you know, that's it. (laughs) You're going to get spoiled because not everyone is going to be, you know, super great like that. But, you know, to to get your first taste and it's that festival. Yeah, it it was definitely a good one. Everybody else has a high standard to live up to as far as a festival. Yeah, Yeah. it was was cool. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and where this episode is going to release in July, but this past week you you uh, competed again in the FPIA contest. I did. Yeah. <laughs> you made it through. I did. It was funny because my night, um, I didn't really know a lot of the people mm. on the lineup. I knew a couple of people, um, but yeah, I just because I've been performing at Cap, I. I was like, it's just another show. Just go up and really enjoy that you have a big audience that's so excited for comedy. And really just, you know, I just wanted to show my personality. Because I feel like with Cap City, not with Cap City, with um, um, with FBIA, it's very, you're trying to show your brand and your your jokes and your style and show who you are. And I was like, just go up there and be yourself and I didn't put pressure on myself and when I don't do that I do a lot better so I had smart I had a really good time easier said than done yeah for sure um but yeah it was it was really cool and I'm so excited for I think my night is August 22nd for okay for the second round so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) gotta get a new outfit (laughs) gotta get me some new overalls oh no no, I hate shopping (laughs) I'm just going to wear a paper bag. <laughs> Imagine if you did. You it like, would be the most fashionable paper bag. It would bag, honestly I be, yeah. I'd still wear red lipstick. So <laughs> red lipstick, paper bag. <laughs> you just talked about, you know, making sure that you went on stage and just wanted to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a comparison contrast versus how you approached it last year? Um, I think last year I was... I put this pressure on myself. Mm. I was like, you have to advance. Oh. You have to do it. Oh. Because I I don't know, let that competitive side in me. <laughs> like I said, only competitive in performing aspects, not sports. Um, I was like, you got to make it through. And um, this year around, it was like, just, just get a really good tape. Just perform and have a great time with the audience and be yourself and get a great video out of it and if you advance great and if you don't then you know that you that you you know had a good yeah. time. So, I think just the mindset was a little different from yeah. last time. Yeah. Cuz also last the last time I did it, it was my first competition setup. Um and stand up it's very tricky to do for competitions cuz we're yeah. like musicians that are also different trying to compete for something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a little different this year. Very wise for two years in. I I think what makes us great is that we're all so different, mm-hmm. and with a competition like it's, the audience just might not be into you or whatever. So you just really have to be proud of what you did, yeah. and then you can walk away feeling better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not great, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's also you know. Even, even though the contest drags on for, you know, 500 months, uh, <laughs> which that part I don't, I kind of miss from the pre-COVID days. Cause it was it not, a lot quicker? It was a lot quicker. Was there less people? Oh, well, yeah, there was also less people. I mean, I, it's 25 rounds is what I counted. Uh, and before, I don't know, maybe maybe 15 rounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a nature of the, the changing scene. But yeah, um, I think they also would do it more frequently. Like the gap between last week and, 
and when you perform, like it was a whole week. I'm like, why? And obviously they figure out their own schedules, but you know, if you could just knock it out. Also, it's got to be so (laughs) I feel so bad for the comics that are in the 25th round and, you know, they find out, you know, early May and they're like, not till end of August. Yeah. At the, at the end of August is when I perform by then. God knows what I'll sound like. (laughs) Brand new five minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gives me time to get that new paper bag. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? <sighs> that I'm super cool. No. Um, yeah. She no. is. <laughs> no, I think we, we covered a lot. I'm, yeah, I think I'm just so excited to to be here and have had the opportunities that I've had and yeah. I'm excited to see where things go and yeah with sketch and stand up and everything mm-hmm. so yeah I feel like yeah. we covered a lot of ground we did we yeah. did but no imp- oh you know what I, we didn't do we were supposed to do this at intermission the game <laughs> I have not recorded at home in since March I think oh, yeah you've been at moon tower I've been in moon tower yeah, yeah and releasing those episodes slowly um so yeah, so we're gonna do the little card game and okay, then we'll close out. We'll close out. Okay, so the way so this card game, where should we begin? It's an open ended question and uh so you're gonna pick a card, I'm gonna read it to you, and you're gonna okay. answer the question and then we'll flip rolls. Okay. So pick <laughs> it's like what's your social? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Say it slower. Um <laughs> Okay, so which card do you wanna pick? Okay. Let's go. Go this guy. Okay. All right. So your question is, oh, is it not? Well, you already answered this actually. Technically, oh, the most humiliated I've ever felt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Children's <laughs> theaters one. Um, um. Oh, okay. I have a specific story. I was, <laughs> I was doing a show for Chris Castles. Uh-huh. He has like a like a it was like a backyard show and I was newly dating my boyfriend at the time uh-huh. and a couple of his friends were at the show and so I wanted to do good not only to impress my new boyfriend but his friends uh-huh. and I absolutely bombed my face <gasps> off oh. and I thought it would be like I was like it was outdoors so I was like maybe I'll get a little vulnerable uh-huh. and I'll talk about like my dead dad <laughs> you could you could you could hear all you could hear were literal crickets because we were outside. And you know you know when a set is bad. You get off stage and um, when someone asks, like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not okay. That will, and I, afterwards, I think I called, who did I call? I called Heather Keith on the phone because I was so embarrassed. Oh, my god! And I needed to talk to someone. I was like, I am mortified. And she's like, you know what's so crazy? You'll feel this way again. <laughs> and she's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's, uh, I still think about that in the shower sometimes, just wincing. But, yeah. Oh but there will be more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dead dads. 
Yeah, they'll, they'll get you. Yeah, they will. They will. <laughs> not great for a comedy show. <laughs> no, not unless you know what you're doing. Not unless you are. I, there are people that. There are people that, that do, it. do it very well, yeah. but you have to really know what you're doing, mm-hmm. or it goes south quickly. Yeah. Like, unless you're, I don't know, Tignataro talking about like she knows how to really yeah. talk about heavy topics, yeah. but yeah. So, have you heard of Johnny Taylor? No. Well, he's, I gotta add it to the list. Uh, yeah, add him to the list because he's a, he's got he's got dead parents. Uh, incredible oh, storyteller. <laughs> Just my type. He's taken, and so are you. <laughs> Wait, you said both of them are dead? <laughs> okay, Johnny oh. Taylor. <laughs> Johnny Taylor. He he's a master at it. Yeah, it's. I think it's so. So incredible to see how people can, you know, take a turn and get mm-hmm. super dark and then yeah. still have the audience. So yeah. there's much to learn. There is. There is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see what I what I have to suffer through. Let's see. Oh, I'm excited. I have an answer for that one. But... What's your social? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. The last time I was worried that I might be a bad parent. Oh, all the time any, i was gonna say you sound like the parent. coolest mom so I, <laughs> <laughs> any parent is always worried about that oh well probably uh this week <laughs> but it's really not bad like it's so funny we were having a conversation and he was like he's doing college applications and one of the prompt questions is something about a challenge that you've gone through and he's like I really haven't. I mean, you don't beat me. I've never been sexually assaulted. <laughs> I have a roof over my head. I get fed. I get driven around everywhere. Wow, what a <laughs> what a like a nice thing to say. I know. It's like, like okay, <laughs> yes, right. You you're like, you want me to rough you up a bit? Like, <laughs> go go uh, like chop down a tree. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't make him do yard work. So. He's got a good life. No, but he's he started he's he's a swimmer and he started working at the same place to teach kids nice uh, how to swim. And so I'm having to drive him back and forth and there was like a one hour gap between one of his things and he wanted to come home and have me drive him back. And I'm like, No, mm-hmm. stay there. What do you you're taking away so much time from my job? Yeah, with I got shit to forth. do. <laughs> and he gave me such the guilt trip, such the guilt trip. And I felt bad. I'm like, should I? Or should I, you know, make him realize that, you know, sometimes things aren't going to go your way. And he's definitely learned that things aren't going, always going to go his way. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's a member of the Dead Dad Club, unfortunately. So it's like he's in the club. one major challenge. <laughs> should we have shirts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... And once he goes away to college, I don't know, is, is he staying in Texas or, or not sure? Who knows? He's yeah. applying across the country. Yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll, he'll find it, you know. <laughs> you, uh, you bloom where you're planted. Is that a phrase? People say I that? think so. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sounds good. Let's make t-shirts of that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Dad club. I'm an underage. <laughs> People would read.
you're like, what the fuck? Let's do it. What does that even mean? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh my god, we've gone off the rails. It's official. We have. We, I, we've had. I've had so much caffeine. I don't. I can feel color. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Uh, let's let's go into the home stretch here. Yes. Um. One word to describe your future. Exciting. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think I was, it's also going to be an unexpectedly exciting. I, I didn't want to use the same word. I was like, can I do that again? <laughs> There's people that do that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, can I use a phrase? The cat's pajamas. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this has been been amazing. Yay. <laughs> I know I had fun. <laughs> uh, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham Presents Mimi Meyer. Tell us where people can find you and promote uh, upcoming projects. Um, my Instagram mostly is at the Mimi Meyer. And um, yeah, that's usually where I post everything. And on my Instagram, there's my link tree that leads to my music, my voiceover reels. Um, Yes, anything like that. So, oh, and then Austin Sketchfest is June twenty fifth, um, and yeah, that's which just happened. Oh, and you had a fabulous time. Oh, oh yeah, it just. Oh shoot, you're right. You're right. Um, I, we did fine. so good. Everyone actually loved it. Yes, and you're it's sad you missed it. <laughs> But keep, keep, check my Instagram for more sketch projects. <laughs> for sure. And, and you, you have your night for the semis of FPIA. Yes. That um, is coming up. That is coming up. Uh, August 22nd. Um, I'll be getting back from Vegas, so I will be Ooh. sunburned. Oh, I was going to say, I will be married. I will be married and sunburned. I will be crispy and happy. Wear sunscreen. I'm going to wear so okay. much. I'm going right. to wear like SPF 3000. Look okay. at me. You can see my veins. <laughs> I'm worried about you. <laughs> I wear an umbrella hat. <laughs> I will. I'll do it. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Mimi got to be the comedic genius you heard today just as much, <laughs> just as, much as I okay. have. <laughs> Quotes. <laughs> this has been Comedy Way and Presents Mimi Meyer. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs>